0: that we're alive. Alright, good evening everybody. Alright, before I get started, a very important announcement from the kitchen. Paula says she has a gallon bag of biscuits. If anybody wants a gallon bag of biscuits to make dressing with for Thanksgiving, go to the kitchen now, first come, first serve. Alright, so so. right, good to see you all here today. As you guys can see, the bench for speakers on Sunday night and Wednesday night is getting pretty thin, so you up with me, Uh, but we'll muddle through. Uh, Trey did a great job Sunday night for those of you that were here, and I'm thankful for all the other Deacons and guest speakers who've come in on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, for the past year and a half, whenever Chris was out, and, uh, you know, uh, every time somebody stands up here, though, I miss Chris. I I still miss him. I've missed him, uh, you know, during while he was struggling with his health still think of this as Chris's spot, and so I'll remember him tonight. Uh, but thank you all for supporting all these speakers and supporting me, because know uh, they say that God doesn't uh, call the equipped, he equips the call. And some of us are not equipped uh, to do this, and I include myself in that group. But thank you for supporting us and, um, and still coming back, even though you're stuck with me tonight. All right, if you don't have a prayer list, say, Richard, we'll get you one. We'll go through that. First of all, hospital and surgery. Thankfully, that spot is blank tonight. Anybody have anybody in the hospital? I'll add Trent Forsyth. Some of you guys know him from Mercy City. He had an accident in a grain truck, flipped over, fresh pelvis, a brain bleed, uh, some other things wrong with him. He was not doing well the last time or a couple of days. Nisi Davis' son, Brad McDaniels, he's a quadri- quadriplegic, but he fell and broke his what? Broke his hip. So if any of you guys know Nisi Davis or her son, Brad McDaniels, please pray for him. He's in the hospital. Okay. All right. Any others? Right. So under special concern, we have Linda Mao, Randy Chris, Gary Emerson, Susan Denton, Lisa Hobach. Barry Robinson, C.H. Connolly, Ruth Faubin, Dan Redman, Jimmy Hargit, Pat Condor, and Billy Forrester. Anybody to add to that list? Okay. I saw where Denton had posted on Facebook earlier today. They're looking for a handicapped van. Not one. You don't have to have the controls, but if anybody has a van or knows someone that has a van that can lift a wheelchair into it, they're looking for one of those. Rehab, Jimmy Riggins, we got you here tonight, though, so I guess you're doing better. There's rehab tomorrow. All right, good deal. Uh, Daniel Lewis, Grant Rogers, Libby Meharry, Rosemary Joyner, Sharon King, Harvey Bradshaw. Harvey here. Yeah, how you doing, Harvey? All right, Harvey's surviving. That's good to hear. Charles Hughes and Kason Orman. Carrie, Alice Ball, Doug Brassfield, Doris Brassfield, Jane Carnell, Bobby Cates, Rosalie Crowley, Helen Evelyn, Patsy Gagman, Martha Gregory, Carolyn Johnson, Winola Hudson, Nikki Love, Patricia Nolan, Lola Sweat, Hazel Spiegel, Mildred Skelton, Diddy Thompson, Dan Williams, Dottie White, Charlie Williams, Mickey Joyner, and Carolyn Burkhead. We have the Susan Robb family, and then I saw today that Casey Nanny passed away. Casey Nanny, our county commissioner for over on Highway 54. Casey Nanny. Just as Becky Drace, Caleb Byron, Joe Cole, Mark Lehman, Jenna Jones Hall, Dean Turnage, Howard Rebel, Opal Brock, Brenda Wheeler, Annette Cherry, Tina Gustafson, Mildred Mathis, Jim Donald, Sandra Prince, Tracy Perry, Tina Shepherd, Kirsten Lott, Jill Kale, Robin McKnight, Terry Logan, who's a friend. Kelly Cook, he's from Crockett Mills, and some of you may know him. uh, His dad, Kelly Cook, or Dottie Cook, for him for years. I worked for him when I was younger. But Kelly's having a really rough time. He's got head and neck cancer. They inserted a feeding tube uh, about 10 days or so ago. He's not been able to eat or even hold anything down with a feeding tube, so he's about to stop chemo. else, we need to add to any list. All right, if not, join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for each and every person who's gathered here. We thank you for the children in the back who are learning about you every day, Lord. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the food that was prepared for us and the hands that prepared it. We ask your special blessing on each and every person we've mentioned here tonight, uh, certainly Casey Nanny's family, the Susan Rowe family, all the rest uh, the ones that, are, that need your special Around them, with the strength to support them. Heavenly Father, be with us as we get through this service tonight. Lead get, and direct us next week in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. <laughs> All right. I don't know how long this is going to be. John said it's seven o'clock he's cutting off the feed, so uh, the microphone goes dead at seven. Hopefully, it'll be done before then. But I haven't had, I haven't practiced any of this, so we're just going to see how how it goes. Um, now, when we started a little bit ago, I wouldn't. I, I everyone who stood up here and has done this and filled in on a like this. And as I was getting ready to do this myself, I wanted to go back and talk about, or I thought that I wanted to talk about uh, who we are and what we are as a church. And who are we in the church? What is our role in the church? And where are we headed as a church? Uh, the reason for that, I've had some people ask me, I'm can deacon forward. and I've had people ask me, okay, what do we do now? Well, we grieve and we pray to begin with. That's the main thing. Um, this is still Christian's pulpit, and it will be for a long, long time. But people ask me, and I understand that there's discomfort about what's what's going on in a lot of where we are now. So I just want to talk about what is the church, uh, what is our role in the church, and then where are we going to go now so that I won't answer all questions tonight because there's going to be many questions going forward, but I will at least give you, hopefully, where we've started on the roadmap. We don't have a map yet. There is no secret map anywhere. We're still feeling our way through this, but at least I'll tell you the direction where I think we're headed. All right. Uh, most of you uh, will probably be familiar with what I going to talk about tonight. Uh, again, I hope this doesn't take too long, but if you need to take a little cat nap or anything in the back, I will not call on you. Okay. Chris never called on me when he saw me sleeping. I know from being up here now, he could tell I was sleeping back there, and he never called on me, so I will not call on you. But um, anyway, um, most of you guys will be familiar with this. First, who and what are we as a church? You know, there are many denominations that make up uh, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are many different names on the, on the, uh, the church buildings, but the church is Christ bride. I mean, that's, people. We are the people that he's coming back to get at the rapture. And the Baptists are the only ones out of know first Baptist. We are not the only people he's taking back with him. He's, he's rapturing out his church. So what does that mean? Where do we fit into that? Uh, basically, we are part of the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, everybody knows that we're a Southern Baptist Church. And on the website of the Southern Baptist Convention, it says that that convention is a collection of like-minded churches working in cooperation with one another to impact the whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ. So we're inside that association, and that's what what our part is in the Southern Baptist. So the Southern Baptist Convention then defines a church, which is what we are, and it's Faith and Message 2000. It's on their website. And a church is defined as a New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ as an autonomous or congregation of baptized believers associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, which are baptism and communion. Governed by His laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by His Word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth, each congregation operates under the Lordship of Christ, democratic processes. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its two scriptural offices are that of pastor, also known as an elder or an overseer, and deacon. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by Scripture. The New Testament speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes all of the redeemed of all the ages, believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So that's the definition the Southern Baptist gives to a church. So that's us. Okay, We are a congregation of believers baptized. We, uh, uh, we uh, keep the ordinance of baptism and communion. We are uh, each and everyone individually accountable to Christ. We are not accountable necessarily to the church. We have a direct relationship with our Lord. So, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 19, I'm going to read those particular verses, but Jesus tells Peter ultimately that Peter is the rock upon which Jesus will build his church. So, obviously, the church is not a building. It's a person. It's people. It's all of us. Okay? Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20 say, among other things, that there, wherever two or three are gathered gather together in his name, Jesus is there with them other aspects of the church. we got Peter is the rock upon which Jesus builds his church where two or three are gathered together in his name. He promises to be here with us. He promises that he is here with us tonight. Throughout the book of Acts, which you know you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Next one, Acts, right? There's the roadmap for the church. The structure of the church is set out, and it's referenced through many passages as a group of believers with elders or overseers elected to lead them and with deacons appointed to serve the elders and to serve the church. So you have the office of pastor slash elder slash overseer who is elected by the church body to lead them, and then the deacons are to serve the pastor and the church. So the deacons are servants. the book of Acts is where much of the authority for the structure of the church is set out. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the the, uh, Christ church. Much of the structure is set out, and because our church operates essentially based upon the book of Acts, sometimes people refer to independent churches like ours as Acts churches. And we're, we're not governed or beholden to any kind of governing body. We don't have a central this a uh, central place where we have to get rules and regulations from. We are, as the Southern Baptist Convention preamble says, we are just in a collection of churches, a collection of independent, like-minded churches. And so we are not beholden to anyone, but we are like-minded with the Southern Baptist Convention, and so we are part of that. <laughs> but otherwise, we are independent and in self-governing pursuant to democratic principles. In other words, that's why you have business meetings here we governed, but by the democratic process, we vote in the majority rule. rules. In other words, we don't have someone dictating to us how we worship the Father. Throughout Acts, Romans, and other books of the New Testament, many of which are referenced in this Baptist uh, faith and message, and when I refer to this, if you go to the Southern Baptist Convention, there's a book called, or a document called, Their Faith and Message. So a lot of these definitions, they have biblical references at the end. So, I encourage you if you want to do some further reading beyond the scriptures that I'm quoting, not about what the structure is and where it comes from, please go to do that. Um, so, um, essentially, as I've said, uh, the church is variously described as two or three gathered together in Jesus' name where Christ promises he is present with us, whose function is to love and support one another, to study the Word of God, to pray, to sing songs of praise. To proclaim the good news of the gospel to the whole world. All right? Simple as that. And to me, that sounds a whole lot like what First Baptist Adamo is. It sounds like what we do. We are a group of believers who gather together. We love one and support one another. We sing songs of praise. We study the word, and we go out and we preach it as far as we can get. The other continents, other countries, across the street, across the nation. First Baptist, I I think, fulfills that definition of what a church should be. So, second point, you say, okay, Michael, it sounds like that we're the church we're supposed to be, or at least uh, like for the most part we are. We do what we try to do, or what we're supposed to do as best we can. But how are we supposed to actually do the business of the church on a day-to-day basis? So, the scriptures say we are accountable only to God and to one another for our work in the church which means, as I said earlier, no one appoints someone to dictate over us. We essentially control our own destiny within the bounds of that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He is our leader, and we follow the scriptures um, to do our work. But no one dictates to us what that says. We can open the Bible. Each and every one is directly accountable to having a direct relationship with Jesus Christ. We can each open the Bible, and Chris said many times, if hear someone say something up here that doesn't sound right, go look in the book. Because that's what he's preaching. And if you didn't think he was preaching the Bible, you could go look it up and find out. But I never, have not, or I never found a, a time that I needed to go. Because every time I took back what Chris was saying, he was preaching the Bible. But that's where that comes from. No one appoints anything to dictate us and tell us what the Bible says we know and now we're supposed to go do it. <laughs> So back to the Southern Baptist faith and message definition of the church, it says there are two scriptural offices, that of pastor and deacon. All right. So, of course, there's more people that work in the church than just the pastor and just deacons. Okay. There's volunteers that do everything here, that do all kinds of things. But those are not scriptural offices. Those are people using their gifts. So you're using gifts to do your version of what it takes to, for you do the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So what is a pastor slash overseer slash elder? I'm just going to refer to them as pastor. First Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 14 says that in the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. In other words, it's uh, the church's duty to support a pastor financially so that that pastor has time to study the word, to minister to the flock, to do all of the, the leadership um, activities that a pastor who is called to do that ministry should do. So it's a, a church's duty once you appoint a pastor to financially support that pastor. Then 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7 through 7 say, Here is a trustworthy saying, Whoever aspires to be an overseer, pastor, desires a noble task. Now the pastor is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and say that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trial. Then 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-4 through 4 says, <coughs> To the elders among you, which again, or, uh, I'm using that as pastor. So to the pastors among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Not lording over, it, not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will So those verses, among others, give us the scriptural qualifications of a pastor. So what I'm trying to do is answer some of the questions uh, that's been posed to me. What are we going to do now? This body of believers will ultimately find another the pastor. These are the qualifications that the people who are looking for that pastor are going to follow. There is a roadmap. It's already set forth, uh, set out for us. We don't have to. So, when I said earlier, we don't necessarily have a roadmap. We don't have all the details worked out, but we do have not only the direction we're supposed to go, we have the qualifications already of who we're looking for. All right? Um, and the great thing about this is that we as a church have had the privilege and the blessing of watching a man live this out for the past 23 years. So if you want to know what these words in the Bible look like, then you can think about Chris Ripley. No one's perfect. And I'm not saying that Chris was perfect. But we need to find a person that meets this. And I think that and those people do exist. The people do exist that fulfill these qualifications because we've had one. we not only had one. We've had several over the years. Many of you remember the past we will find the next person to lead us. But in the meantime, we are still the church, and we are responsible and accountable, directed to God for doing His work. All right, the office of deacon is described in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, where the Bible says, In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and household well. There is a the definition of the second scripture office, deacon. So. Having served on the deacon board here at Alma First Baptist and many people in this room have served on our deacon board and possibly others, I can tell you that our church is again blessed to have a deacon board of men who meet those qualifications. None of us are perfect, but we all try and strive to follow the words set forth in Scripture when doing our jobs as servants of this church, and we all, be ourselves, as um, at least from these uh, scriptures, I get the impression that God does not like pride. And so I don't think we have any prideful men trying to serve this church or use anything about this church for a dishonest gain. And I'm proud to, to call myself a member of the deacon board of this church deacon is a servant to the church and to the pastor, and the deacon body is charged with conducting the business of the church with a servant's heart and in accordance with the scriptures. They are not to be put up on a pedestal, they are not to try to lord over the members of the church, but to humbly do whatever is asked of them to meet the needs of the church family. And like Brother Chris said, if you ever heard him say something that didn't comport with the word of God, each and every one of the deacons here would say, if you find us doing something that doesn't comport with what you believe a deacon should, we'd like to know. Um, because we all try. But we are all human. We're not all qualified to do the things that we are asked to do sometimes, but we have to become equipped. Instead of calling the equipped, sometimes God equips the call, and sometimes if you're in that position, that happens. So we stumble, we fail, but we get back up again, hopefully. <coughs> so, that brings me to my last point. Uh, the question I start off with, people ask, "Where? What do we do from here? Where do we go?" Well, the practical part of it is that this Sunday at the deacons' meeting is going to be a first round of nominations for a pastor search committee. The pastor search committee will consist of six people. Um, there's no limitation on. Who can be a member of that committee, we would love for it to be a broad cross-section of the church. But obviously, there's all kinds of different demographics, so you just can't get everybody, every group represented. But we'd like senior adults, uh, young adults, uh, new, new parents, old parents, uh, men, women, uh, longtime church members, brand-new church members, but not brand-new people to the faith. And, and on their faith journey for a while to understand the gravity of what we're asking them to do, but just because you haven't attended First Baptist Church Alamo since you were five years old does not qualify you or disqualify you for being on this. So I would suggest or I would request that if any of you know of someone that you believe should be on our pastor search committee, or if you feel led to be on our pastor search committee, please let Brent or me or one of the other deacons know. Sunday, and I'm not, I don't think, it's fairly unlikely that Sunday will be the end of the discussion on that. Our goal is to hopefully have that committee in place by the end of the year. So, yeah, if any of you have any reservations about that, um, it's certainly let one of us, know. But that'll start this Sunday, That's trying to put together uh, that group of people. And then, um, for those of you who may not have been through a pastor search before, That committee's job will be to, by whatever means necessary, get names and contact information for people who may fit the qualifications for Alamo First Baptist Church Preacher. Weed through the resumes, go through interview processes, go listen to sermons, interview people, uh, find references, and at some point, at some point, we don't know when it'll be, it may very well take a while, but there will be one name to the church, and that pastor will come and deliver a a test sermon on a Sunday morning and be sent to an oak or an open. It won't be like American Idol. We won't have a month where we have four different pastors come in. At the end, we rank them. If, if the pastor search committee and the deacons put forward a candidate, then we believe this is a person who can fulfill the need and be scriptural of, of office. Preacher to begin with. Again, Chris was right when he said he started out as a preacher. He became pastor. So we will start out with a preacher. But if the church body feels that that's not the right fit, then the process starts again. They go find another man to stand here. and give you a test. And one day, by following the scripture with the people that are charged with the business of the church, one day God will lead us to that person and lead that person to us. But we do need to be patient during that time. And during the search, obviously, you know, we we won't know when it's time to update someone. We can't get inside of everyone's mind and know, I wish I knew what was going on. Come ask someone. None of this is gonna be hidden from anybody. And we want to make that clear that and this, isn't, this is just Michael speaking. I'm not here on behalf of the deacons tonight. This is just what God laid on my heart to talk about tonight. We would love to answer any questions that we can, it, but there's going to be some things we don't know. But as the process goes through, the deacons and the, the uh, pastor search committee will absolutely be, be transparent with everyone and be glad to let anyone know what's happening. really all I have um, tonight, but I just um, just want to encourage everybody as we go forward through this process, pray for everyone involved in leading this process. Again, uh, no one is looking for, no one will be looking for uh, fame or to dictate what this church does. Uh, everyone's going to try to do the best that they can. I know all of you will. So support everyone involved in this, but do Do get involved yourself. If you feel like there's uh, someone that should be involved, please give a name for consideration. Um, And even if you're not on the pastor search committee, if someone asks you to ride with them to St. Louis, Missouri to watch a preacher speak, jump in the car and go to St. Louis. God will lead us to the man that's going to lead us forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening. Again, thank you for each person that's, that's here, the families that's represented here. And Lord, uh, we ask your blessing upon those who cannot be with us tonight. Watch over us as we uh, pursue a search for a new pastor. Heavenly Father, watch over Will and Pam and Kaylee and Brother Chris's family and continue to give them comfort and strength. Father, give us all comfort and strength we continue to pray for us. Father, may we with us again this way, Bring us back again to your place, Sunday, in Jesus' name of pray.